There you have it. Any questions, thoughts, comments about my life, about um, this process, about thinking yes? Um, what advice would you have for somebody struggling to figure out that third call? Where is God calling mm -hmm. that's, a, that's a really good question. I would say uh, the greatest piece would be to take a look at the first two columns. The third column is really born out of the first two. That in taking a look at where your gifts and talents are and what you're really, really good at, and then taking a look and identifying the needs of the world, and then try to find where they intersect. And saying to yourself, oh, I'm really good at this, and here's a need of the world. Wow, I can begin to see a connection between those two. You're finding your third column there and beginning to list that. Now, are we going to be able to accomplish everything in that third column? No. Does that third column, does it like all of a sudden magically appear and say, I am going to be a nurse? No. Like, that's not how it works. But it would be like, okay, people need compassionate care. I love being with people. Those two things are starting to drive. They're finding their way in the third column that I can respond to people who are in need by compassionate care, which I'm good at. That finds its way in the third column. And as I look at the third column, then I notice, I love compassionate care. I love biology. I love uh, studying the human body. I love, da, da, da. you start noticing that and you're like, huh, right? So like in my life, it was like, I love public speaking. I love serving people. I loved being in the religious context. I loved serving on retreats and being a Eucharistic minister. I loved um, being silly. I love, right? And then I'm like, oh, I could be a priest, right? <laughs> Not that simple, but you get it, right? That third column began to be formed, if that makes sense. Sure. Please? That's a very good question. How did you know that you were hearing God's voice and not your own? Uh, that is hard, right? And that's the importance of that first step too, right? Is that um, in the midst of the fray, it gets really hard to distinguish between voices, right? That because all those voices are coming at you, including your own, it's hard to discern and decide which is God's voice. One of the uh, crucial parts is as you go through this process of listening, listing, and living, is that God in the Christian tradition does not create us to be alone. We're here together. And one of the best ways to help discern a voice and to recognize it as God's or not God's is to talk to a friend to share with another who has a deep faith or has a background to say, hey, this is what I'm thinking. This is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm hearing, right? And for a friend to be like, you're crazy. Or no, that, that seems to make sense. That jives. Or even more so a spiritual director or somebody that has a little bit of spiritual background. Like when I was deciding in the priesthood, I assure you, I didn't want to make a mistake. That's like, I was like, are you kidding me? And so I sought the counsel of some wise people, um, a wonderful uh, sister 
uh, religious sister who I talked to, and she blew open my world of like, yeah, that seems a little like wrong. You want to be like a showman. Mm. But it seems so right that those gifts and talents could be used for something like the priesthood. Discern between those two. Right? Where's God calling? And so sometimes sharing that with others can really deepen that experience and understanding. Um, so that would be one suggestion amongst many. Um, and then prayer, of course, is part of that using the richness of our tradition to listen. Right? So how does God speak to me in Scripture? How does God speak to me through the words of the priest in a homily? How does God speak to me in the response of a campus minister or a live-in minister, right? Um, what, are, what is it called, Soph? Thank you, resident minister, right? How does God speak through that conversation with a person like that? Right? Those are all ways and steps and folks that can help us to discern what's my voice, what's God's voice, what's anyone else's voice, right? And again, going back to the simple point, God's voice wants us to thrive, to live. That's important. Because sometimes we listen to voices that are leading us down paths that don't make us thrive. That's a classic way to discern, oh, that's probably not God's voice. That's leaving me to selfishness, self-centeredness, disappointment, depression, frustration, dot, dot, dot. Please. Um, I feel like at this point in my life and in my friends' lives, we kind of are hitting this wall. It feels like we're running out of time mm -hmm. to kind of go through all of that. So how do you kind of advise that me and my peer group would approach that kind of reflection while having that voice in the back of your head saying, like, you got to you gotta figure it out? <laughs> exactly. Right? When there is a clock that's ticking behind you and it's going tick, tick, tick. It's like, I'm trying to listen, I'm trying to listen, but all you can hear is tick, 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 right? Um, again, it's finding the importance of those contexts. And as much as it seems like, as a senior, for example, you're like, I don't have time right now to pray. I don't have time right now to go on a retreat. I don't have time. I need to figure this out. Those are precisely the times that it's important to make that time because that time will be a thousand times more valuable than trying to sit there and be like, I'm going to figure this out. Tick, tick, tick. And on the retreat, are you still going to hear that ticking? You betcha. But are you going to remove yourself enough that in the midst of that fray, in the midst of people screaming out, hot dog here or beer here or come over here, buy this over here, people moving all over the place, that you can hear your voice being called out that's saying, oh, I, I, I'm beginning to hear, I'm beginning to take those steps, right? The other thing is be good to yourself. Be good to yourself. So unfortunately, our society says to us, we got to figure things out now, right? Part of discernment is leaning into it. So think of something creative after you graduate. I'm going to, you know, flip burgers at McDonald's while I figure this out, okay, not the end of the world. No one's, no one's, it's, it's not a disaster, right? B 
be good to yourself, that you don't have to figure out right away, or that I'm going to take a year and do a year of service, or I'm going to take a year and uh, move back home with mom and dad and find a part-time job while I take a few classes or figure things out, right? I mean, it seems like there's this huge clock that's just ticking at us, but sometimes that could be our enemy that limits us and, and, and makes us so distracted that we then make an impulsive choice and buy way too many ego waffles, right? And that doesn't make us happy in the end, or that doesn't fulfill where God is calling us, right? Because we feel like we have to, or we're hungry right now because I have to make this decision. So um, it's, it's a both and, right? So it's like, try to find the context and the times to find that quiet, to find the silence, to make the list, to live into it, right? And even living into it, it's like two days. Right? Imagine for two days you take a year off to do service. Imagine for two days you take a year off and take a part-time job, you know, selling whatever. Take, take it, uh, you know, two days to imagine yourself in your dream job or pursuing that, whatever that may be, right? Um, it's worth it. It's worth it. And trying to fight that sound that's in your head because that sound will only make you impulsively want to pick something up that you don't need. Please? How do you know if you make the right choice? Yeah, that's a very good question. Uh, I still don't know, right? Um, I don't know if you fully, you know, maybe 10 minutes after you're dead, you're like, yeah, I made the right choice, <laughs> right? Um, part, part of our journey, right, is to lean into this. And, and that's the beauty of, of, at least in the Christian tradition, only one person has to be perfect. And he's got that covered. And that's not my job. I know my own foibles. I need to move towards that. I'm looking to move towards holiness. But am I going to wake up and think one day, I figured this out? Or I'm solidly who I need to be or where I need to be? No. So we need to take some of that pressure off of ourselves and sometimes lean in and be nimble enough to say, you know, I leaned into this and this isn't where I'm called to be. Now on the bigger choices, like a vocation to the priesthood, married life, you know, on some of the professional choices that people make, that's harder to do. And, and obviously they come with a very specific commitment. <laughs> And, and it's not like, oh, I'm going to try this out. And, you know, 10 years into the priesthood, I'm like, I'm out. See ya. Right? That's not at, at the heart of what is hoped. Right? And so you really want to take that time before you take those bigger steps uh, to, to, to be in a lifelong relationship or, or uh, in, into a vocation like the religious life or priesthood. But when it comes to our professional life and what we're trying to find, be good to yourself. Right? Be nimble enough to say that I have to figure it all out 100%. And, and am I going to know 100% that I made the right choice? You got to lean into it. You got to lean into it. Now, do I feel incredibly fulfilled? Do I wake up every morning and think I literally have the best job in the world? Yeah, I do. Um, okay, not every morning. But, uh, but that, those are indicators. Right for me, of like, yep, you're on the right track. Yep, uh, you're you're close to that. Um, lean into that. Try it. Live it. 
and you're waking up and the 10th morning in a row, you're like, yes, this is it. Good sign, right? One out of 10, not so great morning. That's still okay. That's pretty darn good average, right? Lean into it. But is it gonna be 100%? Probably not. I don't know, that doesn't really answer it 100%, but I think um, that's what I'm trying to say. There is no 100%. Please. How do you what? How can you be the most truthful to yourself when you're trying to think about these things? Yeah, very good. We are very good liars to ourselves. Isn't it true? We love to tell ourselves all sorts of excuses. That's like my favorite thing to do to myself is like, here's my number one excuse. Here's why I shouldn't do this. Here's why I can't do this. Here's why I'm not meant to do this, right? All those voices of self-doubt and... Um, so again, I think that is a very good observation to make. The fact that you can say that and ask that question points enough that you have the capacity to discern what is and what is not. What happens is we listen to those voices unreflected, right? So usually it's not like we're walking down the street and we actually hear a voice that talks to us inside of ourselves degrading us or not being honest with us, right? It's usually more lived in. Again, it goes back, I know I sound like a broken record, but it goes back to this like stop enough to make a good decision or discernment to say, what is that voice? Is that a truthful voice? Is that a voice that's tearing me down or building me up? Is that a voice that's making me go darker into doubt or more into certitude? God is found on those ones, right? On the certitude, on life, of, on joy, on wholeness, right? As opposed to the darkness or the disappointment or, or those voices that tear us down, right? God wants us to live. Um, another important point of that is, again, spiritual direction or finding a good companion to help you to say, mm, you know what, you're lying to yourself, right? And our good friends, our best friends are the ones who can do that. And we know that from our lives, don't we? Those friends that can call us out, especially when we don't want to hear it. And those, and those are the hardest. But they're the most true, right? Those are the friendships that you want to keep around because they're going to call you out. Um, the biggest person that calls me out is God, right? Um, the biggest person that calls me out is God in my prayer life. And when I talk to God and when I'm starting to go down a route and then it's like, he's like, mm-hmm, keep going. Yeah, that's right. Keep doing it. I'm still here. I'll wait for you. You know it's wrong. And then you're like, oh, I hate when you're right. <laughs> right? But it's true. Um, so, great. Please. We all have those friends or we all are those friends, right, um, that are keep going. I am afraid to talk because I would feel like I'm the pot calling the kettle black, like I am going at a nonstop pace in my life. Um, so I want to be very careful to answer this question lest I sound like a Pharisee um, of giving advice of something I, d I don't do myself. Um, 
but that precisely underlines the importance of what that means. I think uh, a few things that are reflections, and I hope it's helpful. One, I love seeing people who slow down enough to breathe it in. That affects me. So when I see people that live that way, I want to be that way. So a good way to mirror that to a friend is precisely that, mirror that to a friend. Hey, I'm going on the freshman retreat this weekend. It's going to be really cool. I'm going to have some downtime. And then when you come back from that retreat, you got the, the retreat glow. And your friend's like, oh. They pause enough to go, hmm, maybe I, should, maybe I should get involved in that. Maybe I should try to jump on that and make the invitation. Right? We in the Christian tradition often, at least in the Catholic especially particularly, we never invite folks. We're super afraid to invite folks. Or we hesitate to invite folks. This is kind of my thing, right? But for me, it's like being a little kid who gets the best present on Christmas. And then imagine you're that little kid that gets the best Christmas present you could ever imagine. And then you hide it and you never show anybody. That doesn't make sense. What does a kid do when they get that Christmas present? And it's the best thing in the world. Oh my gosh. You guys see it? You guys see it? You want in? Come play. Come, ha- come, come check it out. Right? We have to do that to our friends, especially our friends that don't slow down, is to make the invitation to say, hey, swing by campus ministry. Hey, come to 9 p.m. Mass. Hey, uh, you know, there's this uh, pra- praise and worship that is happening. Come on over to the chapel and just sit and listen to music. Or, you know, I'm in this uh, Carol uh, Life Community. Carol Life Communities? Faith community, sorry. Um, Carol, faith communities, you know, come and join our circle of 10, whatever, right? Making those opportunities and making those invites can be some of the best things that, that we do. It makes me think of St. Ignatius, so the founder of the Jesuits, and his number two, or the guy who really founded the Jesuits with him, was St. Francis Xavier. Do you know where they met? College. And you know what Francis Xavier was doing? constantly going ladies man partying out every night going crazy doing crazy things with his life saint ignatius was his roommate and he kept saying to francis xavier hey come check out this retreat i wrote hey (laughs) you know come pray with me hey do you really need to drink that much hey do you really need to you know, talk about women this way. Hey, why don't you come join me do this? Why don't you do that? And over time, guess what? Xavier listened to him. And now he's one of the greatest saints the Catholic Church has. Right? Because of that invitation by his roommate in college. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That happens sometimes and can be a challenge, right? Is that you get to the end of the road and you've even been in a discernment for some time uh, and you made a choice and you've been living into it and then you do, you are that person that wakes up and you're like, what have I done with my life? Or maybe I, I truly did make the wrong choice. 
One is the beauty of at least the Christian tradition is uh, there are no such thing as permanent mess-ups. So God is ready and willing to, to navigate that. The second piece is can, always, can God always do something even with our foibles and mess-ups? Absolutely. So that's the underlying way that in the Christian tradition that is so cool because it's like even within my own mistakes or within my own misdirections, can God do something spectacular? Absolutely. Does that also mean that I should in that moment listen, list, and live? Yeah, it's probably a good moment too. I've seen people switch careers after living a career for a long time and finding their, 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 their true life, right? Again, in the vocational careers, I, I offer some caution not to go into marriage or, or to religious life or priesthood thinking, you're like, I'll live this until I figure it out or hopefully it works out and then I'll pivot if it doesn't, right? That's not what my encouragement is to you tonight. Um, but most certainly when we talk about vocational choices in the sense of, of a job or finding ourselves not finding ourselves fulfilled, that can be a moment to pivot. And our God is a God of U-turns. Yeah, one more quick question. See, they all have long, complicated questions, not quick questions. One more? Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's that moment of uh, what I would say is uh, the little person the little girl being lost you got to call out so when you get stuck what's the temptation to try to run fill it do things right Uh, we do it all the time right so when we get stuck or when we're afraid or when we're anxious, we try to respond. The best thing to do in those scenarios is to stay put and call out. So when somebody is stuck, I encourage them to keep going back, to keep screaming out, I need you, help me out, to family, to friends, to God, right? And to say those things, right? To keep calling out and to keep screaming out. And we believe enough that through a relationship and a good relationship with God, you're going to be like that little girl that in the midst of that fray, eventually you're going to hear mom's voice. Or in our case, God's voice calling through the fray. And you're like, uh, I think I hear it. Uh, I th- no, I hear it stronger. Yep, I'm moving in that direction. Right? That gets us out of that stuck moment. But the worst thing that we can do, and we often do as human beings, we try to make decisions out of being stuck. And that's when critical mistakes are made. Because we start moving away down the corridor further and further from mom who's standing at concession stand 326. Right? All right, friends. Well, truly a pleasure and honor to be with you. Hopefully it's helpful. And as St. Ignatius says, whatever is helpful, take. Whatever is not helpful, throw it away. Forget about it. Go where the life is and where God is 
and I'm super encouraged. You know why? Because as I stand here in this room and I look out at you and that you've made a choice in college to come and listen to some priest talk about discernment means that God has some pretty darn big plans for you. And that the people who are in this room can do some amazing things. That I believe in a guy who came by himself and now he has 1.6 billion followers in the world. That's pretty amazing what he can do. Namely, what you can do if we find our way and discern and truly listen, list, and live. Thanks, guys.